Hey everyone, welcome to the Clean Simple Free Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Fox. I'd like to take a moment to thank Clean Simple Free's newest supporter, Masakazu Tanaka. Thank you so much for your donation to the podcast. I'd also like to give a warm thank you to everyone who is currently donating and who has donated to support the podcast in the past. If you'd like to show a little extra love for Clean Simple Free, feel free to click that link in the show notes and donate 99 cents. Whether you do so or not, I'm just glad you're here. I'm happy to have you here tuning in for yet another episode. Today's episode is an interview with Jen Smith, a co-host for the Frugal Friends podcast and the author of the No Spend Challenge Guide. In this interview, Jen talks about aligning our purchases with our values. It's a great episode to come out right before we hit those Black Friday sales because Jen talks about making only decisive purchases. Also, stay tuned for a brief update before we dive into today's episode. Stick around. Hey guys, I just wanted to check in with you and say I hope you're having a wonderful fall season so far. Here in the U.S., it's the week of Thanksgiving, which means it's a season of thankfulness for what we have and preparation for the holidays. I, for one, am really happy for the change of seasons. This summer was really challenging for me with losing my grandfather to lung cancer. I've always been really close with my grandparents, and I've been saying goodbye to my grandma for a long time now because she has Alzheimer's. So it's been really tough, and in this season of life and this season of gratitude and thankfulness, I've really been trying to focus on spending time with family and friends. Loved ones are so important, and I've been trying to maximize time with the people who matter to me. Life can sail by so quickly, and I think it's sometimes easy to get caught up in the day-to-day grind and think that we're too busy to visit a family member who lives out of town or to spend our lunch hour on the phone catching up with a relative. But when it comes down to it, quality time with the people we love is just so important and irreplaceable. So I've been trying to have a better sense of balance in that respect. I guess what I'm really trying to say is that I hope you guys are all getting to spend time with your loved ones this holiday season. And I just want to encourage you to pick up the phone and give your grandparents a call, reach out to those cousins you haven't talked to in a while, and let the family in your life know that you're thinking of them. There will always be boxes to declutter and counters to clean and meals to prep, but there may not always be a loved one on the other end of the line. So make those phone calls, make those road trips, tell your family you love them often, and just really enjoy being around the people you care about this holiday season, whether that's over Zoom or whether you're blessed enough to be able to see them face to face. I just wanted to share that with you because it's been on my heart. Okay, enough of the sappy stuff. Oh, hey, again, I know I said this in my last episode, but I'd like to remind everyone that the podcast now has a free form publishing schedule that is not dictated by a calendar. Clean Simple Free is still very much a passion project of mine, and I will continue publishing new episodes as I have time to pursue them. I appreciate everyone who has been a dedicated listener. I can't believe a show that I created on a cell phone in a spare bedroom three years ago has surpassed 750,000 downloads. That's more than a lot of podcasts can say, and I'm just so grateful for you guys all being a part of the ride. Without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Jen Smith. So my name is Jen Smith. I am one half of the Frugal Friends podcast with my good friend, Jill Sirianni. Our mission is to be a different kind of personal finance podcast, personal finance show for people who like to spend money to essentially just teach people 
how to spend within their values, and maybe more importantly, how to say no or build boundaries or habits to avoid spending on things that are outside of their values or necessary for their season in life. I know that you're mainly here to talk about your book. I am so interested in your book. The title alone is instantly eye-catching. It's the No Spent Challenge Guide, and that makes me feel like it's going to tell me everything I need to know about learning to say no to spending money on extra things. Is that accurate? Yeah. So while we are all about prioritizing and not depriving yourself when you're trying to manage your money, it is really hard to cut through the noise of trying to figure out, okay, what are the things that I actually don't value? Because it feels like I value everything. I definitely mm -hmm. like all kinds of things. I, and this is something that I experienced. Uh, my husband and I paid off $78,000 of debt um, in two years, the first two years we were married. I really thought I could side hustle my way out of debt because I thought I was already very quote unquote frugal. I mean, I was buying generic brands at the grocery store. I thought that meant that I was good with money, even though I was really mindlessly spending at happy hours and restaurants and coffee shops. Like I just wasn't, these are things I valued, but I wasn't thinking about how I valued them. I really didn't know how to cut expenses, which sounds really silly. And so after two months of trying to like nonstop side hustle, I got shingles and realized that I was going to have to cut back in more ways than one, but I just didn't know how to do it. And having an all or nothing personality, which has its benefits and its drawbacks, yeah. I thought, hey, so I'm going to take a month and I'm not going to spend on anything discretionary. I'm still going to buy food. I'm going to pay my bills, all that, but I'm not going to spend on anything discretionary just to save money. And the happy byproduct that it had was not just that couple hundred bucks that I saved from, you know, not eating out or buying coffee, but it really allowed me to take space between me and my purchases to think about what is this thing that I'm purchasing? Why am I purchasing it? What am I feeling? What did I feel before I got here? Maybe led me to this space. Um, and just, it gave me a lot of space to figure out why I was spending money on the things that I was. And I realized after the end, I still valued all the things that I loved and, and all the things I didn't want to give up before were still the same things I didn't want to give up after. But I was able to get creative with maybe how I accomplished it, maybe identify some things that weren't fully aligning with my values. So like I loved spending time with friends and I did that going out to happy hours, but it wasn't necessarily the happy hour that I enjoyed. It was spending time with friends. So how could I get that value without spending the money? And so that's where no spend challenges came into play for me. And I wanted to help other people have the same realization because sometimes no spend challenges are looked at like the detox diet of personal finance and can be really unhealthy. But if you look at them as taking space to learn moving forward, they really did help me on this longer journey. You said something about stepping back and sort of evaluating your motives like, oh, it's not the drinks or snacks at happy hour. It's the spending time with friends. That's really cool. Yeah. It's usually the things like when when I said like I didn't want to pay off my debt and my initial reaction was I didn't want to pay it off because I didn't want to spend the next five years living under a rock. That's exactly what I said, because my mind went straight to, I don't want to give up these things that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. But we find that that's the case with a lot of people. It's usually the first thing you think about giving up is the last thing you should give up. It's the things that you don't realize you're spending money on 
or the things you spend money on then instantly regret, those are the things that you give up first. And and that requires some deeper introspection, some deeper looking into your transactions. We don't give up the hard stuff first or the things that we need to get creative on. We just give up the really easy things first and then move on. Awesome. You make it sound so easy and so possible. I love it. (laughs) You discuss being frugal a lot, which I love because I'm also of the mindset that it's a really positive thing to be frugal. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how being frugal is different from being cheap. Yeah. So we have this picture of frugality from the Great Depression. I think when I Google frugality or or topics for the show, I always come up on the uh, frugal living tips from the Great Depression and, and stuff like that. And so that's kind of our mindset that frugality is deprivation. It's buying the cheapest of everything. It's a race to the bottom to see how little you can spend. We have discovered that the actual definition of frugality is actually just being a wise steward of your resources. So that first is um, money, obviously, is the first thing we think about. But it's also your time. It's your natural resources, your physical space, your schedule, your mental energy. It's stewarding all these resources well. And being cheap typically isn't a good stewardship of resources. It's like a race to the bottom on everything. Mm-hmm. And so it takes it takes advantage of people. It can manipulate people. It can we like to think of like the the cycle. So like fast fashion is an easy example. You're mm-hmm. getting the cheapest shirt, but the journey it took to get there was not the most ethical choice. And if you saw every step it took to get there, you'd rethink your decision. And that doesn't mean it just because you're you want to buy a more expensive shirt that took an ethical path that didn't take advantage of anybody to get there does not mean you can't be frugal. It means you're being a good steward of essentially your people resources, the people resources of the world. And so we think cheap is, it's kind of, it's taking advantage of others or other things where frugal is being a good steward of others and other things. Awesome. I love that distinction. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to the episode. So you touched on something about sustainability when you mentioned fast fashion. That kind of brings me into my next question. I want to talk about how frugal living intersects with minimalism or clutter-free living and sustainability. Can you explain your thoughts on that? Yeah. So it, it blends beautifully for us. Uh, my co-host, Jill, she she spent several years living full-time in RVs. While I've never done that, I have just been, I absolutely hate clutter. <laughs> I sometimes throw away, I'm the, I'm the person that throws away important things sometimes because I just can't have it around. Oh my so gosh, we both, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we're both, we love the idea of just being a good steward of your physical space. So making sure that your physical space is a space that you love, that is not necessarily like free from clutter, but makes you feel good and proud and you love the space that you're in. There's no reason to just have two Ikea chairs and a table and, and be a minimalist. You can be a minimalist and and have as much or as little as you want, as long as you feel like your home or your office or your car is complete. That's kind of how we view minimalism is, is just completion or contentment. And so that 
obviously saves you money when something's complete, you no longer buy more to complete it. And then it's also better for the environment because you're not buying your way to green. You're reusing what you have, even if it wasn't the greenest option when it was purchased. It's in your house now or it's in your life now. And it is it is the greenest option by process of elimination. And, and we love being good stewards of our natural resources too, because besides time, some of our natural resources are really the only like finite resources. You can always make more money. Um, you can always, you know, clear out your schedule to create more space there. You can never create more time. And then there are definitely some natural resources you cannot create more of. And so these are really, really important to us when we're talking about being good stewards of our resources. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. I love the way that you described minimalism as completion or contentment. I, mm-hmm. You are totally speaking my language because I always like to remind my listeners that it's not a numbers game of like owning as mm-hmm. little as possible. It's just making yourself feel comfortable in your space and making sure you're not surrounded by clutter. So I love the way that you put that. Yeah. I mean, we say the same thing about frugality all the time. It's not about spending as little as possible. It's about, I mean, you can spend as much as you want. I was listening to a podcast this morning where they were playing a TikTok where the guy was asking people like, how much how much is your car payment? I think trying to like shame people about their large car payments, but mm. they never once said how much these people are earning or, or what percentage of their income is their car payment or why they have it or what they value and what they don't spend on so that they can have this nicer car. So there are all these things that come into factor. Like there is no shame or guilt spending money on things you value, no matter what they are. You just have to be really certain that the amount you're spending on your values aligns with your income and that you are saying no to things that you have identified that you can't value everything and that there are things that you don't value and will say no to. So what if there is someone listening to this and thinking, oh, I don't want to be frugal. That just sounds like a hassle. What would you tell them to convince them to reframe their thinking and see that frugal living is worthwhile? I think if you want to be a conscious consumer, if you like the idea of all of your purchases being intentional and having feeling like you have control of your spending, if you like that feeling and that sounds good to you, then you want to be frugal because that's what frugality is. It's not deprivation. It's not living by a strict budget. It is, it's a lifestyle that allows you to live in your own freedom versus the lifestyle that maybe social media or your family or your friends are like inadvertently telling you to live into. It's it's identifying what you want, what your family wants, and feeling really confident in living in that. And I think that's the lifestyle that everybody wants. Frugal is just not a label everybody knows that they want yet. That's a good way to put it. And who doesn't want to live in their own freedom, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so, we never take the time to sit down and think about what do I really want for my present, for my future, for my family's future. We think about it for our family. It feels a little selfish to think about it for us and to start pursuing that. So it is something that we regularly need to sit down and do to make sure that we are performing self-care and that we're creating a life that we don't feel like we need to escape from. So there's something that your events manager mentioned when we were discussing topics, which is how discovering your core values can help you control impulse spending. Can you give an overview of what that might look like? Yeah. So I will give you an example. I'll draw back to one that I mentioned earlier. So the happy hours with friends. So one of my core values is community. 
your values don't always like spending on what you value doesn't always have to be that deep. I also really value good cappuccino from a coffee Mm. shop. And that's definitely not one of my core values, (laughs) Um, but it is something that I will like spend money on in the right setting. But yeah. So in this case, community is definitely one of my core values. I will, I could never be a digital nomad or travel the world like for long periods of time because I just feel connected to like, I need to feel connected to a core group of people that I see pretty often. So that's a core value for me. And so I equated that to going out with friends. So bars, uh, happy hours, restaurants, pretty much anywhere you go with friends. And those are things I didn't want to give up. And I would literally, because I value this so much, drop everything and go out with people. Like you could always count me in for a good time. And and that would lead to a lot of impulse spending because I would also say, okay, I'm only going to buy one drink. And then my friends, without being malicious at all, would always pressure me into getting two or three and spending outside of what I had, you know, budgeted. Because mm-hmm. uh, we're just, we, we're bandwagon spenders. We We want to be like the people we're around, which is not bad at all. So when I separated out my core value from what I was spending on, I was able to realize, okay, it's not the spending money that I like. Because sometimes I'll get emails from people that are like, what if I just really like spending money? And I have to be like, okay, it gives you this temporary dopamine hit, but what is it about the actual action that you like? Is it the action or the money? And typically it's the action. So how can we get the same action without spending money? And so for me, that meant inviting people over to my house for wine nights or for potlucks. Um, so getting the, these same actions, replacing it, not totally taking myself away from it, but just replacing it with something that maybe wasn't even free, but just cost less, that gave me less room to impulse spend. Because I'm not going to buy two drinks out if I'm at my house and the wine bottle is empty. Right. So that's Yeah. So that's kind of one way that I did it. Another one was with coffee. I, again, love a good latte or cappuccino from a good coffee shop, but I was just getting them like on my way here, on my way there. It was one of those like on my way things. If I passed by one, I would just stop in. Mm -hmm. And so I had to separate what I really like from the habit that had formed and bring it back around to separating this habit that actually minimized how much I liked the cappuccino and say, how can I, how can I elevate this thing that I really like and make it special again. And so now that looks like is once or twice a month, I'll take my son to the Italian um, market in our city and I will, I will get a cannoli and a cappuccino with him and he'll get a cookie and we'll sit there and we'll people watch for a little while. And that is so, so special to me. That is worth any amount of money. And I just don't do the impulse like or the habitual drive through lattes anymore. Or I'll work out of a coffee shop one day a week and and I'll get my latte. So I try to make them intentional so that they uh, reclaim what made them special in the first place. Making getting a cappuccino more of an event where you go Mm -hmm. and you get a cannoli and all that. I like that so much. I'm going to start using that for certain things in my life. Yeah, they they do. And then they become even more special and you value them even more. And it's really a win-win. I want to talk about the Frugal Friends podcast. I know there are over 200 episodes available. Is that right? Yeah, I think we're approaching like 250 now, which is crazy. That is awesome. Congrats. (laughs) 
So Thank my you. question is, which came first, the podcast or the book? Ooh, so the book came first and I didn't really want to start a podcast, but Jill's husband, Eric, wanted to get into podcast producing and I'm a writer at heart. So I wrote the book. Actually, I was full-time writing for a personal finance website at the time we started it. And so he wanted to start a podcast. I'm like, no, I'm not a podcaster. I'm a writer. But I did want to have something on my own outside of, I wanted to build my own brand aside from helping somebody else build theirs. But I knew I couldn't do more writing. Like I was just burnt out on writing, you know, from doing it full time. So I was like, what the hey, I'll start this podcast. I'll help Eric, you know, build his portfolio. And I was like, I, I think I have a, I don't really want to do this, but if I did, then it would be called frugal friends. And that, and he took that and he ran with it. And if you listen to our show, you'll hear like the custom music, like intro and outro and for a bill of the week segment. And he just, he just rolled with all that. All that is custom from him. And there's like background vocals from their friends. It was, it's (laughs) more than I could have ever done, but it has turned into like the most amazing experience of my life to where now I, I feel more like a podcaster than a writer. Oh, wow. Writing is my first love. Yeah, very cool. How awesome. Mm-hmm. What is one thing that my audience can start doing today that will help them practice better spending habits besides the obvious of buying your book? <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure your audience loves simplicity, simple living. So I think my best advice would be to simplify simplify your transactions, simplify what you're trying to do with budgeting, because the more complex you make it, the less sustainable it's going to be to keep up with. Typically, that looks like I say, look at the last 90 days of your transactions, paste them into a Google spreadsheet, see what you're spending the most on, see how many like the number of transactions compare them and just start to cut out the least number. Most people will say, oh, I like went to Starbucks 10 times and I went to Target twice. So obviously I should be cutting out the Starbucks. No, if you went to Starbucks 10 times, that means you probably there's some habits going on or something else going on. We'll get to that later. Just take out like the lowest. Obviously Target's like not really in your values if there's just two or one, you know. So let's cut out that and figure out, okay, what was I feeling when I went there why do why don't I value it so I can say no to it? And so just start simplifying what you spend by starting with those easiest things first. And then once we get those quick wins, then we look and we dive into the bigger things that probably have some kind of emotional or habit or lack of boundary like tie into them. I usually tell people to start with like the simplest thing, like a drawer or a cupboard rather than mm-hmm. dive into their attic or garage. So that makes a lot of sense to me. That's awesome. I know. Because money has all these like complex terms. We think like everything has to be complex about it, mm-hmm. but it's really not. It's really just getting getting a handle on what you're spending. And then once you've gone through those 90 days, then just start tracking your transactions for the next 90 days. Don't even worry about a budget. Just like Write down what you've spent or what you've bought. The amount isn't even as important, but like what you were feeling or doing preceding. If if you've read Atomic Habits by James Clear, he talks about like all of the things to figure out what your habits are. We kind of go through the same like process 
with spending, like figuring out, you know, what were you doing preceding it? What were you feeling? All this stuff so you can figure out why you made that purchase. And so we look back on our transactions and then we look at our transactions in real time. We can start to get a full picture of like why we're spending what we're spending. And then we can start budgeting because then it'll be a budget that you'll actually understand and stick to. It sounds like you're setting people up for success. Trying to, trying to make it less scary or overwhelming because I remember I was very overwhelmed. I mean, me seven years ago, I would make these perfect budgets. I would fail them every month and then just feel a lot of guilt and shame for being a smart person who cannot control their spending. And that's what I've been trying to do on the past four and a half years of Frugal Friends is to help other smart people realize like we're kind of being told to do it wrong. And there is another way if the other way, like if the original way hasn't been working. For everyone interested in buying a copy of your book, I know it's on Amazon. Where else can they find it? So Amazon really is the best place. Um, You can get it. Just type in no spend and I think it'll auto correct for you uh, or auto fill. And you can also learn more about No Spend Challenges on our podcast. Uh, We release a new episode every Tuesday and Friday. um, And we have quite a few on No Spend Challenges, just kind of diving deeper into the topics in the book. Well, I'm excited to read it. And I think that about wraps up my questions. Is there anything you'd like to add or anything I missed before we sort of wrap up the call? I know we didn't talk a lot about like actual money saving tips, but we do talk about those two on the show. And uh, we actually have a free ebook that we give to everyone with 200 tips, 200 ways to save money. And we say, take what works for you and leave what doesn't. No need to do all 200. Uh, But that's at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash ebook. Thank you again, Jen. This was great. I really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a fan of your show. And so this is very cool to to be able to be on. That wraps up this week's episode. Once again, special thanks to Jen for being a guest on the show. Make sure to check out her website, frugalfriendspodcast.com for more information on her book and the Frugal Friends podcast. You can also click the link in the show notes to download that free ebook for frugal living tips. That wraps up this week's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. And remember, clean spaces make for a more simple way of life. And when life is simplified, your mind will feel free. See you next time and have a happy Thanksgiving.